All right. I'm going to tell you a story about how mess around and find out how this actually works, the way it actually manifests itself into reality, okay? The uh, carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. And I'm streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. I do a syndicated show called Lock and Load. And with Lock and Load, um, you know, I'm talking about gun rights and I'm talking about things that have to do with freedom, the Bill of Rights, you know, all that, all, all that fun stuff. Basically what I do here, except with not more of a reliance on the Second Amendment uh, type topics. A lot of the gun companies have been hiring marketing managers of the same type um, that you found at, at Budweiser <laughs> that took control of the Bud Light that decided, well, you know, these guys that have been paying all the bills all the time, we're going to drive them away and we're going to enjoy being a girl and that kind of nonsense. And, and they started doing this. And this is, uh, so most of your... Most of the people that are graduated from college that we talk about all the time, we talk about how they didn't learn anything, how they have so much student debt, they're never going to get out of debt, and all these other things. But at the same time, they are out there now, and they hold jobs. So as they become members of uh, organizations and groups, they want to find some sort of job security. One thing that we saw in the gun industry is all of a sudden what they expected from advertising. Now, Advertising means that I'm the billboard. Whatever the advertising campaign is, we're the billboard. It, whoever the pitch is, whoever's doing all this other stuff, all we're doing is calling attention to you, your product, whatever it is you're doing. We are not sales, right? We're not sales. And so uh, a lot of the gun companies would come and ask us, um, how much money are we going to make out of this? Well, we didn't know, right? We didn't know. So, you know, this past year has been sort of rough because uh, these guys, have, uh, as, as gun companies, have wanted to come more in line and get away from print media because print media is dying and everything and find other ways to get their, get the word out. Plus, they also have a very limited scope most of the time because, uh, you know, states like California and New York and Massachusetts, they get out there and go after the advertising as if somehow that causes things to happen, which I thought we'd already decided that with the, with the music lyrics thing, but that's all beside the point. Not only is that happening in the gun business, that's also happening to the media business. <laughs> the media business. Now, this is where you have two leftist types that have been told they're both special and that they both do things that are very, 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 very important to the, to, to the nature of the planet colliding because on one, you got one group that doesn't want to tell you what's going on unless they can shape it for you and try to change your mind and shape your opinion. And on the other, what they're trying to do is they're trying to maintain their, uh, their whole, uh, you know, their whole job security and everything. So they're going to these traditional media outlets and they're asking about things like what's your circulation and what's this and what's that and then but then then they ask the next thing because they're, they're asking all the important questions about how are you the billboard but then they want to know how much are you going to make for us well that's causing in media that's causing an extinction level event for them because right now ads are scarce google has started instead of Google used to link news stories to search inquiries. Now 
they're they're filling it in with their own AI engine. They're just answering it with their own AI. And what's going to happen now is the traditional media, which is, uh, you know, very toxic, is going to have to reimagine what they are. And this is where we now come to the next part because. When I got into radio and I was in, on a radio station in Columbia, uh, I was the station I was on was actually the former home of Air America, which was the uh, Al Gore talk radio project. And uh, I was the lone conservative there. But while I was there, they decided to have fun with me and say, um, have me on one of the shows. I, was, I had my own show, but they wanted to have me on as a guest of the other show and say, why is it that talk, conservative talk radio does better than uh, leftist talk radio? And all I said was, well, look what you guys are selling. And this is during the time of Obama. I was like, look at what you guys are selling. And they, they looked at each other. You know, the, the host was left. His other guest that was my counterpoint, he was left. So, you know, it was two on one. And I just beat them both down with this because I was like, what are you guys selling? And that radio station, by the way, 1230 a.m., at in Columbia, South Carolina, that that was a very old station, and I don't think they exist anymore. That was their last experiment when they went into that leftist talk thing. Here's the other thing: most media is lying to you every time they open their face. It'd be not, you know, if you're going to if you're going to create, you got to create in order to have that kind of circulation that they need in order to remain profitable. You got to have some level of trust. It's one thing to get out there and make a claim that turns out to be not true. It's quite another one to get out there and lie. Me media's been out there with uh, endless cycles of crisis, and you got one outrage being displaced by the next calls for alarm, and then that's replaced by the next moral panic. So maybe for the leftist leaders, who are highly neurotic, <laughs> uh, uh, as every survey shows, they wouldn't be bur so burned out if you weren't constantly lighting up their nervous systems on fire with your panic pornography. And we get this. A report that tracked layoffs in the industry in 2023 recorded 2,681 in broadcast, print, and digital news media. NBC News, Vox Media, Vice News, Business Insider, Spotify, The Skim, 538, The Athletic, and Condé Nast, the publisher of The New Yorker, all made significant layoffs. BuzzFeed News closed, as did Gawker. The Washington Post, which lost about $100 million last year, offered buyouts to 240 employees. In just the first month of 2024, Condé Nast laid off a significant number of Pitchfork staff and folded the outlet into GQ. The LA Times laid off at least 115 workers. The union called it the big one. Time, uh, Time Magazine cut 15% of its union-represented editorial staff. The Wall Street Journal slashed its positions in its uh, D.C. Bureau. And Sports Illustrated, which has been weathering a scandal for publishing AI-generated stories, laid off most of their human staff as well. One journalist recently canceled a networking phone call saying, I've decided to officially take my career in a different direction. There wasn't much to say to counter that conclusion because it's perfectly logical that that's what you're going to have to do. Matthew Goldstein, a media consultant, wrote in a January newsletter, Publishers, brace yourself, it's going to be a wild ride. I see a potential extinction-level event in the future. Yeah. Why do I hear music in the background? Oh, okay. There we go. I was wondering about that. I was like, checking the clock. It can't be time. Surely not. I'm on a roll.
<laughs> Some of the forces cited by Goldstein were already well known. Consumers are burned out by the news. Social media sites have moved away from promoting news. And he also pointed out the uh, Google's rollout of AI integrated search, which answers users' queries within the Google interface rather than referring them to outside websites as a major factor to this coming extinction. See, one of the beauties of uh, this is that this is a... Radio has always been considered a intimate medium. So, having said that, I mean, radio has been doing what everybody thinks is going to be coming. Because... Glenn Greenwald and Megyn Kelly, they think that media is going to transform from one made up of trusted institutions to trusted individuals, which is talk radio. Already got it. So, you know, that's why I made sure that no, I, I intercept all of the applications coming to try to take my position. I, I intercept all of those and uh, they are, they're lost in an unfortunate boating accident. Yeah. So, cause I'm, I'm keeping my job. Yeah. I am indeed. I am indeed. So, um, this is, it is very educational look at this as you see the different leftist tropes slamming into each other and killing each other off. That's pretty funny, I think. Coming up next, it's time to talk to Dewey Lemons from Dewey's Pawn Shop because it is 2A Tuesday. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, uh, yes. 2A Tuesday. Joining me now from Dewey's Pawn Shop is Dewey Lemons. Good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning. And today's special is Zaworski Scopes because they just sent me four cases of those things. 40-something scopes. 40-something scopes. They sent well, I mean, me 40 Zaworski Scopes. Is it actually more than that. I think there's 42 of them or 43 of them out there they sent me. So all Zaworski scopes are on sale. Have you ever heard that saying, clothes make the man? Yep, I Do, have. Does, does glass make the hunting rifle? It does. You know what? It really does. I mean, if it doesn't, it's really darn close. Yeah. I tell you, I had a buddy one time that had a, had a rifle, and if he brought that rifle in here to me and tried to sell it to me, I would offer him $120, $130. Right. It was an old, beat-up savage. I mean, it looked terrible. Rusty, the stock was cracked and chipped and everything. But he had a um, Zaworski scope sitting on that thing that was probably a $1,500, $2,000 scope. And he said he killed more deer with that gun than he had any other gun he'd ever had. And, I mean, that gun was a piece of junk, but evidently it shot straight, and he could see good with that Zaworski scope. Hard to kill him if you can't see him. Yeah. One of the, one of the things I've always said when, whenever you're buying guns, it's, it's better to buy once and cry once than it is to get out there. Because inevitably, anybody that if – like if somebody takes up hunting, and they come and buy one of your hunting guns, and then they come to you and go, what's a nice cheap scope I can put on it? That's what and if they if I, they actually if they that. actually if they actually go out and hunt and enjoy the hunting, sooner or later they're going to go. You know, uh, how much is that scope over there? The Swarovskis you keep talking about. How much is one of those? And then they end up buying one of those, don't they? Yep. 
They do. Yeah. They do. It's, it's it's so much better glass to to have a good, you know. And I I have I've had people tell me that they they swear by their you know their their cheaper brand scope and everything. Always oh, it's, it's it's every bit as good as Ozorski, and it don't cost me near as much and everything. And and you know I, I've had them tell me that, but they I think they just saying that because they have never really hunted and looked through a really good scope. And Zaworski's not the only one, you know. I'm a Leopold. Leopold's got some great scopes, you know. There's there's bunches of them out there. Schmidt and Bender's great. You know, Zeiss is good. Night Force is great for competition shooting and target shooting and stuff like that. They make a good hunting scope too. But I, I you know, good glass makes a big difference. I I, I sat and watched um, some elk one time with a pair of um, I think they were Nikon binoculars. Right. And man, man, I, my head was hurting. I mean, we we'd only been there half the day, and my head was hurting me and everything. And the guy with me had um had a pair of they were either Leicas or Zaworski binoculars. They were good binoculars. Right. And the next day, he let me use his. I wouldn't I wasn't gonna give them back to him. I said, No way, dude. We I can sit here and look all day long with these and not get a headache and bother my eyes. And um, man, ever since then, I have been a firm believer of good expensive glass. And yeah. it's not always that expensive, you know. You can, you know, I can sell you a brand new Zaworski, you know, in the in the eight fifty range, nine hundred dollar range, somewhere around in there for a brand new Zaworski. Yeah, and I, I kind of think uh, like with cameras, they always say that you date the camera body and you marry the glass. I would imagine that's the same with rifles, isn't it? Yes, sir. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, is is Leica pretty good? Because I mean, Leica is a outstanding brand as far as uh, camera lenses are concerned. Are they pretty sharp? Leica makes really good glass. Just one one of my biggest problems with Leica is they they came out and started doing scopes. I, um, I'm gonna say ten fifteen years ago they started doing scopes, and um, they had great scopes. I've got two of them on rifles that I've done a lot of hunting with, and I really love them. And everything, but they don't sell their good scopes in America anymore. Their best-made scopes are only available in Europe. Yeah, um, they they sell their their you know their cheaper brand scopes over here, but they're good. Yes, yeah, the Leica's Leica makes really good glass. They do too. So I've got the text, several of them on guns. On the text line, somebody's looking to buy a gun today for a birthday gift, and they're looking for a Glock 19. You got any of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got lots of Glock 19s. The phone number is eight six four two four two zero zero seven two. That's right, right. Am I right about that? No, 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 no. What no. is it? Eight six four four two two zero four two two seven two. Okay, four two two. Yeah, four two two zero zero seven two. Well, I'm just dyslexic with it. It's okay. Eight six four four two two zero zero seven two. Dewey does not have any. He does not have an answering service. It's going to be a person. So if you ask him what Glock nineteen it is you're looking for, you probably have some shadow systems too, don't you? Because that's a Glock. That's we, a Glock. Uh, uh, I think we do have some of those out there. We sure yeah. do. Yeah, that's like the that's like the Glock. That's like the Lexus to the Glock. That's the Lexus yeah. Glock, if you will. Where the Glock I is the I Toyota. Told one guy, he said, he said, how'd y'all do on Saturday? And I said, I think we sold 20 guns and we bought 21 off the street. So, I mean, we still, <laughs> we're still getting lots and lots of inventory. You know, we're still getting lots of good, good stuff, too. There's some good stuff showing up. So, um... What do you think Come about? Come on and check with us. We, what do you think about pistol optics? If we don't optics? have it, we can order it for you. What do you think about pistol optics? Is that is that the trend? Pistol optics are pistol optics are really great. They're fun to hunt with. Um, I know a lot of people who 
who try that and the wow they and you know they'll they'll do it for years and have a great time doing it. Um, me personally, I can shoot better with the open sights than I can with a scope or with a red dot. Um, now the laser, the laser, I can shoot pretty good. Um, they help me shoot better, but and I just I just can't seem to hold a scope still um, as good as I can the open sights. It doesn't seem like. And I, I imagine you know a lot of people tell me you're supposed to use you know a bipod or a tripod you know, to prop that pistol up on and that way you can hold it good and still. But I just kind of hadn't never really got into the glass on handguns like other people do. What about red dots on, on self-defense guns? What do you think about that? Red dots on a self-defense gun takes practice. Um, when you pull that thing up there, you better know exactly where you're going to throw it to put that red dot. Right to put it on something yep. and you sure as bud don't need to have one when you've got to pull it out and then turn it on before you, you know, can defend yourself. Well, thankfully I think most of them shake awake as they say. Yes. Yep. yep. That's, that's, that's a great thing. Those that when they came out, those, but I tell you right now, red dots make people shoot a lot more. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. And it gets people way more interested in shooting. I've, I've had a lot of females that didn't want a gun, and their husband went on and on trying to find, and they got one with a red dot on it, and they said, "Oh, now I like that," and they started shooting, and that that got them into it. That that made them, you know, they started having fun, and um, it does work that way. That's I've seen that happen a bunch. Um, somebody's asking if you carry something called a Schmidt and Bender scope. We do not carry Schmidt and Bender anymore. Um, I have I have a few of them still in stock. I have one, two. I've, I got two or three Schmidt and Benders still out there. But um, I actually called Schmidt and Bender the other day. I've been dealing with them for 30 years. Right. And we called them the other day and said, hey, you know, I need to make an order. I've been having a hard time getting a hold of them. Um, getting, doing business with, with a German company is kind of hard. You know, they're hard to get along with. They're hard <laughs> to get a hold of. You know, they, they they want you to do things yeah. so you know they they think they're so much superior than we are, and um, but no, Schmidt and Bender has gone direct with one um, one dealer. That's what I was told, and um, so so no, we don't. Um, we're not going to be doing Schmidt and Bender anymore. Well, uh, you know, we might, I, I, we might I, start picking up Zeiss instead. You know, because we we got wow. Night Force, we got Zaworskis, we got lots of Leopolds, Vortex. And um, I think we're going to start doing a little bit more with Leica and a little bit more with Zeiss. Uh, somebody's looking to buy a gun today made by Bull Armory, you know, that little 2011-like uh, uh, little made by, I guess, Magnum Research. Are you f familiar with them? Yeah, it's a 1911-style pistol, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have any of those? No, I don't think I do. We have okay. had a, we have them in here and get them Just in traders. every once in a while. Yeah. But I don't don't think i have one now traders might have one they got they got way more inventory over there than i can keep up with yeah yeah but if you got a question about anything we talk about you can call 864-422-0072 somebody's gonna answer the phone a human and you can ask them and they'll uh, get out there uh do you That's are you true. giving and you call traders too if they don't answer call the traders. phone at traders you call me over here and tell me i thought i had i thought i had the number for dewey's already memorized so i don't know the number for, what's the number for traders uh, you shouldn't ask me that. Okay, me look bad now. That's right. That's right. no, no, no. You're you're in charge. You're not supposed to know certain things. There's certain things you're not supposed to know, do we? It's just the way it I is. I know they're twenty eight fifty Wade Hampton Boulevard. 
Somebody's asking if the Zeiss scopes are any good. They are great, aren't they? I mean, they're really sharp. They do. They Zeiss, Zeiss makes good scopes. They do. They they have made some inexpensive ones over the years, but they make good ones too. They make great. Sure uh, do. Any sort of lens they make. Be, I mean, if I ever buy a, an expensive piece of glass, it's going to be a Zeiss. I don't know how much they yep. cost. I don't know how much I'll have to save up. But in any event, if you got if you got questions for Mister Mister Lemons here. Call him at 864-422-0072. Go buy that Glock 19 because he's got those there and, uh, you know, all that other stuff. Come get you a Zorski scope today. We got too many. 42 of them. Does any, if they come in and say, I heard about it on Bill's show, what happens? Hey, we're going to give them a deal. We're going to give them a deal. There you go. There you go. And yeah, you've got, you've got the Henry's as well. Thank you for joining me today, sir. There you go. There you go. Text line always gets active as we're walking out the door on that one. <laughs> so more and more people are saying the Civil War word. I don't even know if they understand what that means. Speculation can get sort of dangerous sometimes. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Uh, there's a lot of people using the civil war terminology. I don't think they really understand what they're talking about because I don't see that as a civil war. I don't see what might happen. The carpro.com talk line is one 800 The common sense retirement planning text line is 71307. And we are streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Uh, what might happen in the United States would be more of a revolution than a civil war. You know, we're not, you know, Civil War was the South versus the North. We we don't have those lines dr- drawn today, right? We we have as as a matter of fact, the South right now, we are the GDP powerhouse compared to the Northeast. We have a bigger GDP than the Northeast does. A lot of businesses moving out of the Northeast moving here, right? The only thing wrong with it is uh, the South Carolina. You know, South Carolina thing is destination number three. Uh, you guys coming in, would you please help us get an effective government? Don't bring your politics with you, but help us get a more effective government. Thank you. On the left, the Democrats claim that Donald Trump and the MAGA movement, which there's, it's not a movement, it's a slogan, you dimwits, you mental midgets. I, Sorry. I didn't mean to, to insult midgets. MAGA is, you know, it's a concept, it's a slogan, but uh, what they're afraid of is that the, if Trump takes power, according to them, he will undo the political order that has reigned in the U.S. since the end of the Cold War, which is true, except that's not, that's, you know, that's not like the, the order is a good order to leave in place. They like the technocratic elite theory of government, and they don't want to change. I myself, uh, I look at the left and they just want, as far as I'm concerned, they just want to tear up the Constitution, rig every election, use the Justice Department as their personal police to go sick on their enemies and manipulate the economy to benefit themselves. The difference is that I have reams and reams of evidence on my side saying, well, this is exactly what you're doing. And on the other hand, they're out there and they're just, you know, they're actually telling us what they're doing. Now, we know from the 2020 election, the, the, the left is not going to play by fair rules. And of course, then they say, well, you're not going to, it's like being in the, it's like being in the, in the schoolyard. 
And what we need to, uh, you know, at some point something's going to happen and there's going to be some event. Although I'm still waiting. I saw I saw the truck driver that was doing what I call the Black Swan event where the truckers are talking about not going to New York and for, for seven days. Um, I saw where that guy has gotten out there and said, well, I'm not in charge of a... Uh, I'm not in charge of a movement, and uh, I'm pulling that back. Well, unfortunately, you let the idea loose, so it's going to take on legs of it is, of its own. It's going to take on legs of its own. So uh, maybe you might not be running a movement, but you 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 let loose an idea, and that's very ideas can be very very powerful. Now, in the parlance of combat, what they're doing. Is there going to, with, with this trucker strike, for example, this will be a logistical assault. They're going to deprive them of supplies, which would primarily be food. Food is going to be the big issue. Food is going to be the big issue. I, I think most grocery stores have a, a two-day supply. So that means that on day three, most of the grocery stores that are in New York, unless they find some way to get the tra tractor trailers there to them, are going to be running out, and when that happens, you've already New Yorkers are already losing their mind anyway. They're already losing their mind. Of course, they voted for it, but you know, the left is more at fault for getting us to this 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 particular crisis point. There's some Republicans that believe that the system is so rigged there's just no way around it, and uh, they think that if we play by the old rules, this will doom us to indefinite rule by the elite. I don't know. It, it, it's very hard to play that sort of a game with this sort of attention that's being paid to it. But I think instead of it actually being a civil war, I, I don't see us... First of all, all the population centers are anti-gun places. So what are they going to do? Yell at us? We would not... I, we don't, I'm not going out there to fight them. I wouldn't be going out there to fight them. Now, here's the thing. If, if Biden messes up, and decides to get semi-kinetic, even a little kinetic with Texas, I could see things happening. Because we've already seen the Bundy Ranch. And we've already seen their... You know, the government really doesn't have the stomach for a real fight with pipe hitters. They don't. They do not. And in, at the Bundy Ranch, there were a lot of pipe hitters out there. And uh, this would... But, you know, going after Texas would make the pipe hit... You know, make Bundy Ranch look like romper room. So... And, and I think that would be one of those. And that would probably be the revolution right there. Just be happening in Texas. Be over with, you know. It would be over with. When we get back. One of the issues that I have with these federal politicians. And I, I this is maybe one of the only ways we could possibly do it. It's not going to be term limits because they got to vote for it themselves. But we need to pass something in these states. We need to figure out a way to start recalling these guys and make their performance an issue. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. Somebody on the text line, I'm being asked, what is a pipe hitter? A pipe hitter is somebody that is a military-type operator who is probably one of the best best of their type out there. 
these are guys that can flip on hyper violence like the with a with a switch like turning on a light and turn it right back off and uh yeah there was a bunch of pipe hitters at the bundy ranch and there's a bunch of right now as you're standing around here right now you are surrounded by the biggest biggest population of retired pipe hitters in the united states in the southeastern corridor now <laughs> um we're not re we're, we're not republicans and democrats anymore now, I know everybody's like, well, Bill, you don't get to change that. But, you know, hear me out. We are nationalists and we're globalists. I myself am a nationalist. And based on the voting, the globalist party consists of 69% of the Senate and 65% of the House. Constituents voted for 49% of the Senate and 51% of the House. Had their representatives voted as their constituents wanted, Biden policies would have been stopped. That's why they were put in place. And the fact that it wasn't stopped is angering an increasing number of legitimate voters. So why are these guys betraying us? And it's all in the money. Now, voters for senators and representatives all come from a particular state. But in-state contributions to House members amount to 60% of their total, and out-of-state, about 40%. In the Senate, in-state, 34%. Out-of-state, 66%. Only 11 of the 533 members of Congress receive the majority of their contributions from small donors, while 522 get over 50% of their funding from big donors. One in 10 members of Congress receives less than 1% of their contributions from small donors. Excuse me. Still, and uh, of 533 congressional members, the mean amount of contributions from big donors is 93% and only 7% from small donors. Large individual donations from out of state are not individual at all, but in, instead extensions of the modern party's organizations into the electorate. So, to put it bluntly, um, the re overwhelming number of congressional members only need their constituents to vote them into office initially. And as soon as that happens, these members are beholden to corporate lobbyists or other large donors who provide financial incentives to members. Ever wonder how these guys go in and they come out as millionaires? I think you only have to. I think you have to only serve as a member of the House for two terms to get your full pension. And I think for uh, for the Senate, it's one. So is it any wonder they don't represent us? So what can we do? Now, the U.S. Constitution states that each House of Congress may determine the rules of its proceedings and punish its members for disorderly behavior and with the concurrence of two-thirds expel a member like we did with George Santos. But um, a lot of the so-called experts believe that you're not informed well enough to hold your representative accountable. Did you know that? I'm sure you did. So the only way to expel a member of Congress is for a two-thirds vote of the member's chamber. And the problem with that is that that's too limited. It's too limited. Because if voters voted for a nationalist and that member turns out to be a globalist, as most are in Congress, the two-thirds required for expelling a member 
is not going to be reached. And the voting record is not going to constitute bad behavior, which you would have to have in order to expel them. And once again, George Santos. So here's the advantage of recalling them. You have a real power over your elected officials on an ongoing basis. You're energized to stay more informed and keep track of what they do. Track big donor contributions and discourage elected officials from engaging in this kind of nonsense. And be able to neutralize the power of big money. I'll give you a couple. I'm, you know, Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy went up there and he's going to change the world. And uh, what do we see? What do we see out of that? And why is it that, you know, have you ever wondered why we got people to stay in Congress until they die? And that, it's because of that money. It's because of that money. So, you know, it, it's not so much about money in politics. Money can only do certain things in various, uh, in various elections, like by advertising and this other stuff. But what, it, what they can do is when they're buying influence and when they're doing all this stuff and they stack the deck the way they do it, once you get in initially... Then the seduction begins. Because Gowdy, Mulvaney, Duncan, Scott, when they all went up there, those guys, first two, four years, those guys were sitting, sleeping on cots in their office. They were trying to save, you know, they, they were trying not to spend money. They were trying to do everything they could to, to do their job. And now all that's going to be left is Scott. 14 years later, all that's left is Scott. Talk to you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.